everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why Not, a queer podcast. Episode 18. Oh, it's so exciting, we're, episode 18. We're grown-ups now. We we're, can gamble and vote. We're barely legal. We can we, whole pit. That'll make sense <laughs> later on. <laughs> I was thinking we can we can go on podcast gone wild now. Ooh. I wonder if that's a podcast. That'll be our late night podcast. I think if anybody follows us on Facebook and they're looking at the photo we just posted, they're like, no, you can't go wild. Oh. They would not watch that DVD. That is business professional wild right there. Did I just sound really old? I said they won't watch that DVD. Does anyone? Listen, Did it? If, some, if somebody's listening and they get your Gone Wild right your watch on TV <laughs> reference. <laughs> I was talking to somebody recently, and they were saying how they, they went to Redbox to get a movie. Was that you? No. Oh, and I, I thought, <laughs> why? <laughs> like, anything that's on Redbox is on your TV already. Maybe they want they like the physical feel of it. I know people I who still buy. It must be somebody who reads Watermark. They just like to have it they in their like, hands. Some people like that tangible feel in their hands as they slide it into their DVD player. Hit that play you button. Know, you know, I know we're going to talk about this later too, but it sounds like you got the makings of a French show. <laughs> <laughs> that I do. That I do. Oh, yeah. Um, so what are you drinking? Anything new? What's going on over there? We are drinking... No, 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 no. It's classic. You do this every week. We, we are not drinking. <laughs> you uh, and the voices in your head. We've got Black Box Premium Wines. Not to say that it is premium wine. It just says premium wine on the box. That's right. We're drinking Black Box Wine. It's the mini version, not the full box. Uh, they have the travel boxes. Uh, I did, in my uh, confused stupor, walking through the grocery store, did pick up a Pinot Noir instead of a Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, Classic Jeremy. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm not a Pinot drinker, um, though we'll see. It's so far so good. It's not too bad. Not too bad. I don't always drink Pinot, but when I do, it's because I picked up the wrong <laughs> black box. But yes, so that's what we're drinking, and you're drinking. I aqua, am, as the Italians say, aqua natural. I am. I have. Um, I have abandoned my energy drink. Um, extravaganza and gone to, you know, water from the mountains of somewhere. Some, some mountain water. I mean, I'd say it, but they're not paying me, so <laughs> you're nicer to black box. Um, yeah, so you're, you're, you're off caffeine, yeah? Yeah, you know, I mean, um, um, uh, it's been an interesting week for me, and that, that's pretty much the sum of it. The last time that I had caffeine was a week ago when we were recording this podcast and I was drinking Red Bulls. So, you know, just to let our listeners in on a little bit about my history, uh, I have these things that grow on my vocal cords. Uh, it's like the thing that Julie Andrews did. That happened to Julie Andrews. that made her not able to sing anymore. Um, but for me, I couldn't sing anyway, so it didn't really matter. Um, but anybody who's had to chat with me, I think it was about a year and a half ago, my voice just went, and it was this terrible thing where I'd have to be on all these Zoom meetings, and, and it sounded terrible. It would be horrible for this podcast for this to, to, to happen again. It would be good again. for an NPR podcast, because it was a low whisper. Now, I could sing Have You Ever Heard the Rain by Creedence Clearwater really well during this time. But the, um, yeah, just get these things that grow my vocal cords, and I've kind of determined that what's causing it 
is just this bad acid reflux that's that's stemming from all of the caffeine and pizza and things that I eat. So I've eliminated all the fun out of my life. I mean, I already drink, right? And so... Um, no coffee. So now I can't no have coffee. Drinks. I can't have tea, no energy drinks. And I have to eliminate tomatoes. So there's no pizza. There's no spaghetti, no lasagna. And I love Mexican food, right? And there's a lot of tomato involved in that. So, you know... Living that life worth living. I know, right? I mean, can you hear it in my voice? I think this may be the very first podcast that we've recorded that didn't start off with me laughing in the background when it started. And I'm just like, hey, everybody. This is caffeine, tomato-free Rick. So it's funny because I stopped doing it. Now, the first 24 hours were, like, really bad, right? Because I drink, like, three cups, three or four cups of coffee throughout the day. And then I drink 24 ounces of energy drinks while we're sitting here. And so I didn't have anything the next day, and I went to go see a show uh, at the Straz in Tampa called Jagged Little Pill, which is a musical uh, based uh, – well, it's not based on the music of. It's just a musical uh, about this suburban Connecticut family and all everything that they're going through, and it's set to Alanis Morissette music. And I, all of her music or just from Jagged Little Pill? I mean, I don't know enough about (laughs) – that's a good question. I didn't even think that that would come up, so I didn't even look it up. Uh, I I don't know all the songs on Jagged Little Pill. Uh, I did not know all the songs that were sung, so I guess I'm just going to say yes. Well, for the remainder of this podcast, I will now sing to you the entire album. (laughs) So you saw the show. (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know if it's just because i was caffeine deficient or or what but my take on the show wasn't as positive necessarily as the other people that i was there with now the show itself i mean it's 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 a good storyline i think and i think that the people are talented but there's just something about the show i don't i don't actually know uh, when you see a show that doesn't quite click for you like how do you discern if it's choices that the actors made or if it's the direction or if it's just the script and how it's written i don't know but something didn't add up for me um i'm sure that other people would like it or love it i mean so many people did that were there it just didn't it just didn't click for me uh a lot of the characters i think tried to sound like alanis morissette when they were singing which didn't make sense to me yeah, you know, like this the suburban mom housewife out of Connecticut sings like Alanis Morissette. I guess it's possible, but it just didn't seem fitting, you know, with her whole everything's perfect, you know, kind of a thing. And there was a lot of interpretive dance. And I do love my interpretive <laughs> dance. <laughs> <laughs> that was sarcasm. I, yeah, I mean, for those who are sarcastically, I, I do not impaired. believe that Jeremy enjoys interpretive dance. Uh, and so there was a lot of that, um, which was at sometimes like spastically sporadic. Uh, but there was one really cool scene, so that I'll describe. The, I mean, there was more than one cool scene in the whole show, but there was one really cool scene with the interpretive dancing, and that's that uh, the the mother gets addicted. She's in a car accident. And she is trying very hard to keep up appearances and that her life is perfect. And she gets addicted to pain meds. And the interpretive dance in this show is her addiction. 
you know, showing its face and, and, and being sporadic and chaotic. And there's, she sings this song. Actually, it's uninvited. And she's singing it about her addiction. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. Because that means that all the music in this musical are not from oh. Jagged on the Hill. Because Uninvited is from the Angels, uh, City of Angels soundtrack. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I did not know that. And I love that song. And now I like it a little less. <laughs> anyway, I love that song. And the and there was this whole really intricate dance uh, that she did with her addiction on this couch. It was it was really cool. Um, but the rest of it, eh, there's a lot of screechy. I feel like it was, a, you know when you see a show, did you ever see um, American Idiot? The, yeah. That is, that. wow, that is, there was a lot of angst in that, in that show. And I just thought Jagged. a lot of angst in that album. Yeah, and Jagged Little Pill was kind of the same. It was like, I'm so angsty. And then he, I, I also think when you do a jukebox musical, that regardless of what that song sounds like in the real world, when you put it in a show, it needs to fit that show. And so I think that maybe you, people should enunciate and you should be able to hear the words. But there was a lot of, you know, they all, all the songs sounded just like they do when Alana Smarset sings them. And I don't always discern, you know, the, uh, the thing. So, so that was kind of, that was my, that was the start of my week. And I think it just, after, it took about three or four days for me to, to get over the, you know, caffeine headaches and all that kind of stuff. I think I kind of got back into the groove of things. Yeah, yeah, he seemed to be okay. <laughs> You're not a complete <laughs> asshole, so yeah. Maybe it changed my personality. Then. How was your week? What would you do? Uh, my week was good. I moved, uh, finally. Been in the process of getting that set up, so we finally moved into our new house this weekend, um, which uh, I am past the age where I should be moving large pieces of furniture. We should have hired movers. We did not. We decided, uh, we being me and my... I mean, you tried. Uh, <laughs> we did. We did. It didn't work out, but that's okay. I'm just going to tease him because I know he's going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, that's my fault. I did not write into the contract for our interns at Watermark to assist in moves, so uh, there was no legal obligation for Adele, <laughs> so that's okay. But uh, me Did anybody and, help you? Uh, yeah, you came by, and my brother Joey came by on Friday and helped us move the boxes. And then me and Chris, uh, my roommate, took care of the furniture on Saturday. And uh, between the two of us, we have about uh, 38 bruises, um, broken backs. Uh, He's laid up, uh, developed pneumonia or something. I don't know. He got sick over the weekend while we were moving, so he's hacking up a lung today. But he'll be fine. He's young. He'll be fine. Did you lose anything in the move? Like, did you, like, break anything or just... No. Decide to just throw something away and so. Uh, no, no. We um, uh, surprisingly, I dropped a few things. Nothing broke though, um, so uh, uh, it all went pretty well. I haven't unpacked all the boxes yet, so. I uh, usually well, before I say that, just let me say, um, so far the boxes are all fine. <laughs> I usually lose stuff in a move, but mostly because of my impatience. Yeah. So, you know, if things on move, if everything isn't packed, then I start. Then I just start throwing it away. Oh. <laughs> like one time, I threw away a bread maker because I just didn't want to like carry it or something. I was just like, I oh, just throw it away. And then, like a week later, you I was like, we need to get a bread. we need to get a bread maker. Remember that was a thing. I think it was a thing where everybody had to have a bread maker, and now nobody does. Right? 
Yeah, it goes in phases. It started with George Foreman grills, then Crock-Pots, mm. then uh, bread makers, Ooh. and now we're on to air fryers. Instapot. That's collecting Instapot, That's yeah. collecting a lot of dust at my house. Um, I am, uh, when it comes to moving, I'm a bit of a planner, so I had most everything packed. I got to um, say, when I walked in, I was impressed that the large boxes were all together, the medium boxes were all together, and the yes. small boxes were all together, and uh, everything was packed. Yes, yes. I am... Uh, I am a, uh, a perfectionist in that way of making sure that uh, everything I own must fit into one of three size boxes. <laughs> I don't buy it. Um, but we got that moved, and uh, it went pretty good. We're getting settled into the new place. Uh, we had a place down by where our old place was down by the airport. We are now near uh, UCF, closer to UCF. Um, so uh, the, uh, the overhead flights are now just flighty teenagers and college kids running up and down university um, who apparently don't respect traffic laws. And I can appreciate I know I've been behind you. <laughs> um, so, you know what? When you, have you ever had a mover? Have you ever? Uh, if I don't have to pay for it, I'm like, yeah, bring me movers. I will never move myself ever again. It's just too much. It is. It and is. so when you, whatever it is, I just build the expense of moving into... I don't care if well, it's see, like... I don't have to worry about that now because I am never moving again. <laughs> um, this is actually a really nice house. We're renting it, but I, my plan is to outlive. I don't. Here's what I think is going on, and I don't want to make you sad about this, yeah. but I feel like a corporation owns that place. It does. And as soon as the market hits a point where they're going to make a fortune, they're going to sell it and they're going to mm -hmm. kick you out, and then they're going to raise your rent like crazy. I won't pay it now. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so getting settled in. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we, we also, you and I, have both done uh, something similar this week. Speaking of our past weeks, uh, we started seeing some Fringe shows. We did. We did. We did. So we're going to talk we're, about that. We're going to uh, talk about that a little, a little bit. later. Um, I do want to say, before we start talking about anything, is a lot of times, like we, our plan is always to talk about some entertainment and talk about some news. And I'm just going to say right up front, this is all entertainment. Yeah, well, I mean, Orlando Fringe is still news. It's local sure. news. Sure, yeah, it's it was the cover of our <laughs> issue two issues ago. Yeah, um, but we just there's just so much to talk about when it comes to that that we just decided we wouldn't. Yes, and there are definitely some things to talk about in the news, but we'll catch up with that next week. Yes, which will be which will be taped early because it's yes Memorial, it'll be Memorial Day. Day, so we will not be live, uh, but we will be there for you on Monday when you need us. So first thing we like to do, well, let me rephrase that. The first, first thing, thing that we, we do, do. <laughs> is that we check in with um, with So Fierce. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so this issue, or this episode, episode five? You no, know what, for four. anyone who's just starting out to listen to us, if this is the first time that you've tuned in here and you're like, what the hell is this? What an odd episode to start with. Yeah, well, 18. You know, hey, they're adults now. That's true. They're going to they're gonna talk for real. They're going to get all the, no more, you know, no more fart jokes. It's just all real. Real jokes. <laughs> real fart jokes. Real, real, we're adulting now. So, <laughs> so, uh, so Fierce is a show on Out TV yes. where they have assembled the... Northern Hemisphere's greatest uh, drag who outfit. Who has who assembled these people? I can only assume it's Barbada and 
It's Canada. Jaime. The country of Canada. I just want to put that out there before we get into it. This is a reality show from Canada. It is. Yes. Uh, it does. It does involve um, some seamstresses. Seamsters. <laughs> some design drag designers, yeah. and they they design and make these outfits for drag shows. And um, so every week there's a competition. And theoretically, every week somebody goes home. Yes, there's a theme. It, they follow the theme. It's like you're, it's it's the same formula that every reality show follows, competition reality show, um, except that in some of these episodes, no one goes home. Yes. And we watch it, mm-hmm. and we report on it every week because one of our friends is in it, and yes. we love Gidget. And Gidget, Gidget Galore. Gidget Galore. Amazing, talented, sweetest, nicest person. And so um, that's just to explain to you all who listen for the first time what's going on. And for those that listen every week, um, I know, you get it. We love Gidget. <laughs> we'll, only say, we'll only say it for a couple more times. But we don't necessarily love the show. We, just, we love Gidget. And so our rule is, as long as Gidget's in the show, we're going to talk about yes. the show. So this episode, the theme was burlesque. Mm. And we all Jeremy's love burlesque. <laughs> I love burlesque as much as I love interpretive dance. It's almost like Jeremy gave up caffeine, too. He's like, everything is sarcasm. Um, yeah, so it was burlesque. And we're down, we're, we're at five contestants. Got five left. Five uh, fantastic burlesque outfits. No. Four. Three and a half. Three fantastic. Two and fantastic, three quarters. Great outfits. Uh, outfits. Um, all right, so here's what we like to do. We're just going to go through uh, who who was who, who made what, and then we'll talk about who's in the yes. top two and who's in the bottom two. I do want to point out, I think it's funny that the guest judge uh, for this episode, they always have a guest judge that comes in, and this time the guest judge was somebody who's on set every day. Yeah. It's Chad. like, I think maybe somebody canceled, and they're like, Chad, they're like, put Chad, on a wig and there. come here. Uh, Chad popped into this episode looking like uh, Gomez Adams. Uh, in look and in uh, demeanor. Do you remember those old Duracell commercials where they had that family that was like, and they had the, the, the hair that looked plastic? Yes. His wig looked like that, yeah. except it was black. It was jet black, um, and he had the personality of Wednesday Adams. Looked like Gomez, <laughs> talked like Wednesday. And the enthusiasm. <laughs> Face of Pugsley. No. Yeah. <laughs> the enthusiasm of. I don't know, a handful of sedatives. <laughs> Somebody had definitely taken their Ambien before they got on set. <laughs> Maybe he just gave up caffeine. Um, all right, so let's talk about the let's talk about the dresses. All right, so all right. there's five of them. First so up, the first one that came out, Shit's Creek. That's uh, AKA Kyle. Kyle, I, I liked it. In 1990, or I'm not sorry, 1920s kind of flapper reminded me of Chicago. Yeah, it was really um, cool. I, I felt like whoever was wearing that costume um, knew the pains of prohibition. Yeah. You know what? And I liked that it was black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of burlesque things, people just think red and pink and whatever. And this was <laughs> and black and white. And some of them did. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, and it was it was really classy looking. I really dug it. I thought I it did. was really yeah. good. So I really, good, really liked Good it. for Schitt's Creek. Good on Schitt's Creek. Good on you. All right, next up was Diana. Now, scissor Diana, sister. Yes. My little scissor sister. Um, she wears a tiny little pair of scissors around her neck. Yes, and, and the very first outfit she had made had a not-so-tiny pair of scissors on yes. it. Yes. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I thought that's why you called her Scissor Sisters. So I'm watching this show the other day, and I see a little scissors around her neck, and I started laughing. And Jen's like, what's so funny? And I'm like, yeah, that's why you called scissor her Scissor Sister. Um, hers, um, this is part one of uh, Pink, everything. She looked like a little fairy princess. Um, this one and another one coming up um, reminded me of one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies, Steel Magnolias. Um, the models looked like they were hosed down in Pepto-Bismol. Yeah, you know, the thing about her dress, though, is that she made this dress. She was making a dress that was supposed to be this whole big vaudevillian fan feather number thing. And she just didn't like the design and started cutting up things and then yeah. thought, oh, well, would it be cool if I just bunched it all up and threw it out the window? And so she bunched it all up and threw it on a drag queen. She was queen the and... drag costume equivalent of, we'll do it live! <laughs> that is... Very true. Yes. Very true. Like a tornado hitter, and and then said, "Okay, get out there." And yeah, so it wasn't that great. Yeah. Next up. Uh, next up, we've got uh, our friend Benjamin the Hobbit. Yes. Now I just want to point out. So we know Terrence went home last week. Yeah. Oh. Terrence. We forgot used, to talk about the intro. Terrence had these like glasses on. These like big. I love them though. They're like huge circle they glasses. For him. They work for him. As an homage, everyone opened the show wearing those glasses, and they don't work for everyone. No, they don't. They are twice the size of Benjamin's face. <laughs> that he was swallowed by those. Things. I know, it was kind of. It was. I don't, you know. He if don't if he dare. wore those and don't like and for Halloween dare. and wore a little Harry Potter, a little oversized coat, ball cap, like. <laughs> Hey, little fella. Your costume sure is neato. He looked like he was wearing his dad's glasses. Yeah. All anyway, right. he um, that was more, more pink with him. Pink, pink pasties. Pink, 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 and titties out. I don't want to sound like a prude. Yeah, it was a, it's a tits out kind of dress. It definitely and, is. But it's okay. Um, and it looked really cool at the top, but it just didn't seem long. I don't want to sound like a prude, it but had, it just wasn't long enough. No, so. It had the little flare thing at the bottom and the top hat. It looked like a gay wedding cake topper to me. Yeah. It looked like it would be one of the one of the grooms or brides or whatever. Yeah, it kind of looked like it kind of like you could see the undercarriage. Yeah. And I don't think you were supposed to. Oh, Hobbit. Then we had... Then we had... Uh, where's... Oh, Gidget. Gidget. You know, it's funny. We don't have a nickname for Gidget. It's just Gidget. It's just... Gidget is Gidget's Gidget. <laughs> um, Gidget's, and I know we say this every week, it's was the best. the best. <laughs> um, Gidget's was... Uh, had this, like, giant cape that looked like a clam. Yeah. Or an oyster. You let... Go to our email and let us know which one has the pearl in it. Because I think it's yeah. the oyster, but it might be the clam. I don't remember. I don't need either of them. But it's... Um, it was, <laughs> I just got a visual of that. <laughs> the, the, the look on your face. Um, yeah, no, I did not eat oysters or clams. So she but, unravels her clam. Well, you, you told people to email us, so we should probably tell them how to do that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you go to W... What is it? Wine, why not? WWN at watermarkonline.com and let us know. Is it a clam or is, is it, it a clam an oyster? And oyster? What's got a pearl inside of it? What what do you have your pearls inside? So you want to have a mini pearl in it? And then that would be the Grand Ole Opry. The costume is filled with and, and Gidget said this, but I did not write it down, but so I'm gonna just pull the number out of my ass. It had thirty-nine thousand <laughs> pearls. 
hand sewn onto Did he say how many? I know he said there were 75 yards that made up. 75 yards of the fabric that made up the clam shell or the oyster shell. Absolutely amazing. It was the cloister shell. Yeah, a cloister. With a with a bunch of it was beautiful, it and was. when that thing came, when that when that when that shell opened up, it was when, like, that when that clam, clam opened up and showed that pearl inside, mm. it was really even like that was beautiful too. Yeah. It was all white. It had all these pearls of different sizes. It was fantastic. <laughs> Gidget is so talented. So talented. And and uh, yeah, always like has always been in this show, and mm. is not really being given the recognition that he deserves. Next uh, up. Next up. Jeremy's favorite. Mohawk. Or as she was this week, a furry mohawk. Because uh, she had a little fur on. Um, <laughs> you said that so angrily. A furry mohawk. Uh, she was a little furry mohawk. She dressed and up like a squirrel. Here's what I wrote. Her name's Missy, right? Is it Missy or Missy? It's Missy. I don't know. It's Missy. All right. I wrote, what the fuck? Horrible. <laughs> Are those gas masks? <laughs> they are. It was a, it's a, it's a little burlesque ditty with gas mask on the private parts. So it, it was a it was a the the It was the Rat was King like, equivalent of gas masks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean I guess one thing that's cool this sounds like I think she said in the description of it that it's something she's done before and with the mask she'll do like a little glitter bomb that comes out of the so the mask it was like old timey mask that had like hoses for the nose. How do you get the glitter out? Do they have to like I <laughs> Because it was right over that part. I don't, I don't know how it I, works. I don't know. Anyway. They, they they have to practice their kegels for a week before they can do that. God bless. So we've got our top five. So that's, got, that's, oh, that's, that's the top five. five, yeah. And so out of that, the top two were... The tops. As the tops, I like to call yes. Them. The tops were Schitt's Creek Kyle and Kyle, for anybody who watches uh, South Park, and uh, Gidget. Yes. Gidget was a top this week. Yeah. It was awesome. It was very good. Gidget's funny, and I love Gidget. Gidget gets so emotional when he gets the recognition that he deserves on that show. He started to tear up when his name got called. And then then he started to tear up when the two bottoms got called out. Yeah. Do we want to say which one won? Oh, yeah. Gidget. Hands down. Good job. Finally, Gidget 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 gets the recognition. I love it. Gidget was not only the top, but she was the top top. Yeah. She was the Dom top. She, of all the tops on that show, Gidget was the top top. Yeah. Um, but Let's talk about the ha- bottoms. <laughs> but when you have a top, you also have a bottom. So not according, not according to most friend shows that I saw this <laughs> last week. Sometimes you get just nothing but bottoms, which that does remind me of a funny line I got to write down when um, we talk about the show. But we've got two bottoms: uh, Hobbit Benjamin and uh, Furry Mohawk Missy. Yeah, and so this, your favorite part of the show is when they announce who goes home. Okay, this, okay, okay, okay. So uh, as with any competitive uh, reality show, you get down, and they do that that uh, that thing where they drag it out, and it's like, our bottom two are this one and this one, and the one going home is, and then Lucinda, with her dramatic, over-the-top, um, needs to learn how to do her job, says, I can't do this, and then calls for the producer yeah. over this whole dramatic scene. Completely contrived and fake. I don't yeah. know, though. I think, like, so I don't know that the show has enough funding for it to be to be just, to be this sort of orchestrated. I just think Lucinda was like, 
No, these are my favorite two designers, and we're not sending one of them home. Yeah. So Somebody we're not. Somebody needs to explain to Lucinda how a reality competitive show works. Yeah, you send people home till you have a winner. Yeah, you know, and the producer, you can hear him in the background trying to say like. You know, well, we we're looking for the top, so we have to send somebody home this week. Who is the, who had the least? Yeah. So so they go offset, and you hear them rumble. Oh, my favorite part, Lucinda, as she is standing in front of the cameras filming a TV show. She goes, "Can we not film this? <laughs> Jesus Christ!" <laughs> so they go offset. They start gabbing, and then they come back, and the audacity! They send no one home. You know, this it, show's just gonna go on forever. Yeah. So you know what? So here's what you're gonna. This is what you should do. If that's how you're gonna do it, then just do it. Do eight weeks. Everybody competes all eight weeks, and then you pick a winner. Yeah. But so so let's or just give them their participation trophy when the show's over yeah. and send them on their. What way. if next week the top two are um, Missy and Benjamin? Yeah. And then somebody else goes home. Maybe Gidget goes home next week because they stayed. Now that's just not how this works. I mean, I don't live in Canada, so I don't know if this is how they do things up there, but in America, <laughs> we send somebody someone home. Somebody every listened week. to Tim Scott's <laughs> presidential <laughs> announcement today, didn't they? I don't agree with we Republicans, but what I do is usually because we don't like Canada. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, I was obviously when I watched it, I Jeremy just watched this a few hours ago, and so oh. he's still in the moment. <laughs> Uh, full disclosure, I watched this show 30 minutes before we come record yeah. this podcast. So, you know, so but I had, I watched it a few days ago, but I had the same reaction that you did. It's just it's just infuriating. Like, let's just cut somebody and move along. And you know what? I think it's because both you and I are competitive people. Yeah. So when people don't respect the competitiveness of a show like this, it drives me nuts. Well, and you got to and it needs to be fair. Mhm. It, like So in any show whatsoever, if you decide, oh, we're not going to send somebody home this week, we'll send two home next week. Well, that's your, yeah. you've, you've created... Because you're right. If either one of the bottoms from this week go on to win this competition, it is a tainted victory. <laughs> it is a tainted bottom. <laughs> it is a, t- a tainted bottom win. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's so fierce. So, and I get... That in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of important things to be pissed about in yeah, life. Right. And I mean, not this Canadian I mean, we, reality we live, show we do live in Florida. TV. You know what's so funny? We live in Florida, and there's a lot of bad shit going on right now. And we decided to our, bump the news so that we could spend 20 minutes talking about this. are being dragged to prisons right now, and we're pissed about a fashion show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tune in next week when we talk yeah. about who doesn't go home then. <laughs> You know, oh, I just can we just spend like sixty seconds on on this? So this show is on Out TV. Out TV is delicious. It is full of things that one might hate watch with the greatest passion. I feel like an entire pod, separate podcast, could be done on hate watching shows on Out TV. Have you watched anything else on Out TV? I'm not going to lie. When you gave me your login, because I don't have my own, <laughs> everything that had a shirtless man on the promo, I clicked on. So did you say so you watched um, Broke Straight Guys? Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> did you watch the whole thing? No, I just right. tuned in. I, okay. Um, uh, a lot of the things that we cover on this show, we watch in the office. 
So, um, and we'll get to this in a minute, but what the show that we watched, um, uh, I watched, uh, that we're going to be talking about, I watched in the office today. And uh, there's a couple of nude scenes, the one where he's got his, he's on the bed on all fours, he's got his ass out, even though it's blurred out. And I'm like, I really, I got an intern over my shoulder. I got to watch what I put on that TV. So when I saw Broke Straight Boys, I clicked on it and watched a little bit of it. But I was like, I don't know what's coming. Giggity. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> um, but I know that it can't be seen by my intern. Um, because I feel like that just crosses a line. So I had to be good. So I didn't watch the whole thing. But I have clicked on yeah. it just to take a look. I watched about 15 minutes. I watched actually the whole first thing um, that get, um, that Ginger makes. Ginger has a cooking show on it. I have not seen that. And she does it with um, Giggly or Jiggly. I think it's Jiggly. Um, and it, I mean, I got to say, I love Ginger Minj as well. Ginger Minj is super talented. Um, and so I'll I'm not going to. how much I love. Gidget and Ginger on the dashboard of my car is a tiny little dancing pineapple that I won playing bingo with them when they were hosting at Hamburger Mary's. I have been propositioned because of this pineapple, but because I adore those two drag queens, I keep it there on my dashboard. <laughs> also, I like the attention. <laughs> so I watched a little bit of that, and then I watched, there's a show called Ezra, which is... A teen, well, I mean, he's not teen, he's like 500 years old, but he plays like a, or he's like a college student, I think, vampire, um, who, it is a comedy, and I mean, the picture looks nothing like what the show is like, it's so... Okay, this is a, a call out to all those streaming services, queer content makers, if you get a film or a series that you want us to look at, to talk about, to watch, send them to us. We want some of your cheesiness, your B-rated, just over-the-top, cringy stuff. I want to watch it. Also, the show you're talking about, Wigs in a Blanket. Yeah, oh, Wigs in a Blanket. Yeah, And the first thing that, that Ginger <clears throat> makes is Pigs in a Blanket. It's Ginger Minge and Jiggly Caliente. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's fascinating to me. I'm going to watch it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. so if you are, yeah, send us, send us your, send us your weak, send, send us your, your poor. T- send us your tired, weak, poor, queer content. <laughs> and we will talk about it in, um, a, in a loving fashion. Speaking of tired, weak, queer content, the other two. <laughs> yeah, I, the long-awaited third season of the other two is, yes. has made its way to our television, now, which is Now, this is, is one of those shows that both of us watch and we actually enjoy. I know that there's a lot of things you watch and you're like, I'm like, mm, and then there's things I watch and you're like, nerd. Um, but this is something we both watch and we enjoy it, so we were very happy when the third season came back. Yeah, so this is a show, the, the gist of the show is this. It's two siblings that are struggling to find their place in life when their teen brother becomes an overnight celebrity sensation. Yes. The, Judge, Justin Bieber style. Yeah. And he's discovered on YouTube singing a song. And he becomes, it's almost mapped with Justin Bieber's career, with his yeah. hit song, and then he becomes more of a, um, a a celebrity through what he does and not through what he sings. Yeah, and the, so in the first season, like the, the two siblings that it's about, the other two, they're completely talentless. 
Yes. You know, the guy's he's a waiter. What's the name of the role he's auditioning for? Like guy who smells fart at a party? Yes, it's something weird like that. Yeah. And 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 so they're they're just really mediocre people who are trying to find a place in life. And it is hilarious. Yes. Um so the the Carrie and Brooke are the, the other siblings. two. Yeah, Carrie and Brooke, and they're played by uh Drew Tarver. And is it Helene York or Helen York? Because there's an accent over one of those E's. Helena? Okay. Helena York. Um, they're hilarious. And I looked them up. I recognize them from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen them in anything else. Um, but uh, they are both delightful. Yeah. They and, are enjoyable. On the, um, the, the kid that makes it famous uh, is played by Case Walker, and his name is <gasps> uh, Chase. Brooks Canadian. <laughs> she's so fierce um so the but what's what makes the show for me is molly shannon yes. is their mother molly shannon is the mother who um through the fame of her son her justin bieber son becomes like the next oprah yeah it starts season, off with the talk show yeah, in she season starts off with like the this end, hit talk show at the end of season one yeah. or something and, and then so in season, season two, two is just her and the the talk show nearly kills her in season two so what do you do if your talk show almost kills you you start a network you start a network yeah much oprah like yes so she is like the the next oprah but the one of the other highlights of the show is the kids publicist is wanda sykes yes and she is so i love wanda sykes she's so good at this they, they're all good. You know what surprises me? We're into the third season, and I don't think this show has been nominated for any Emmy Awards, and that blows my mind. I, I can't even, I don't even know why. I, I think I have this, I gravitate towards shows, this is terrible of me, but that have terrible people in it that are comedies. So, like, Difficult People was one of my favorite shows, and this is just these these terrible people. But I, I don't know, I'm growing a little since, like, the first season, and I'm thinking, like, that the sister, um, Brooke Dubeck, is really probably one of the worst people in the she world. She is, she is. <laughs> when you mentioned Difficult People, and I watched that, um... The, with difficult people, they're both terrible human beings. In this one, I feel like Brooke is a terrible human being, and I feel like Carrie is just a lost soul who feels like he needs to be relevant, and the only way to do that is to be famous. And Yeah, but he, he is a terrible person, too, because he shits on his friend the whole time. Yeah. Just to make himself feel better. So anyway, his best friend, and I love this guy, right? His best friend is played by... While I look for it. Oh, it's the guy from Ghost. You know what I'm talking about? Of oh, Curtis is played by Brandon Scott Jones. He's in Ghost? Yeah, he's like the he no, not he's in the TV show Ghosts. Oh. I don't know her. I would thought you meant the movie Ghost. No, TV show Ghost. Oh, I don't watch that. Oh my god, it's later. We're gonna we're gonna have to cover that. It's a really funny show. He's also from um The Good Place. In the last season, he, he is in the good place, I yes. hated him in The Good Place, but in this show and in Ghost, he's brilliant, and I love him, and I laugh at everything he does. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him when Carrie shits on him, because I, I feel like it's a reciprocal shitting on each other friendship. I feel like it's very it's, frenemies-like. It's a flip shit. Yeah. It's a flip <laughs> shit. Um, but yes, the 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 third season uh, that we started watching, they've uh, they've done four episodes so far. You've got the rest of uh, the ten episodes coming. Um, 
What's and your What are your favorite things about the show? Like, if you were to look at the three seasons and like say, "This is amazing. This is amazing." Like I from season one, I love how they paint celebrity as as just this shit show that it is. I feel like there's in in today's day and age that there's just so much uh, ascertaining. Is that the right word? Ascertaining, attaining, trying to become internet famous or a celebrity. Yeah. And there's so much glamour that's put on top of that. Like, oh, look how glamorous the life is. And this show just paints the the trek to becoming a celebrity as the shit show it is. Yeah, I don't think the first season did so much. I mean, I think the first season was more about the lives of the of the brother and sister and just as they were, as a waiter and, you know, all the stuff. Oh, but yeah. I, with, the, but, with the boy. Right. Well, no. The boy. But I'll tell you, like, what you just said, actually, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, because one of my favorite things in, in season one is the instigaze. And... Yeah, and it it really just kind of pokes fun at this idea of wanting to be instantly internet famous and what mm-hmm. your life has to be like for that. And you know, like they they were like party gays and brunch gays, and then they became going to the orchard, adopt a baby gays, and it was it cracked me and up. Everything is done for the the likes and the the clicks and all that jazz. Um, Cameron returns in season three. He's one of the insta gays. Um, oh, is that who he was yes. from? He is so obnoxious, but He's I can't so, help but hilarious. love him. He was hilarious in that episode because he was just like, I can't with you right now. Get away from me. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, where are you? I've got it's, all this. I think we all know gays like that. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Um, let's see. I, what I think is hilarious, um, there, there were two things that happened in this show or in the season so far that I just love. I love the throwback to Pleasantville. Pleasant, an underrated movie. I feel like yeah. not enough people appreciate or love that movie or have seen that movie. It's so good. Um, now I'm going to forget his name. Who who started? Who was Toby Maguire? The, the Reese the, Witherspoon. That just was in the Broadway show. What? Um, why does my brain not work anymore? He was in Pleasantville. No, not oh, no. I he we were still in he was he ran the soda shop. He was just on Broadway oh, and um, um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Yes. yes. I always feel like Jeff Daniels is underrated. Oh now my it's God, weird yes. to say that because he just won a Tony, but he also won an Emmy for the Newsroom. But prior to winning that uh, Emmy for the Newsroom, I do feel like his work was ignored, and I think it's because yeah. he started off in some. Offbeat comedies, like Dumb and Dumber. He, I think he's just a great actor. He's he is. a great actor, and um, anyway, um, he's not in this show, so we don't he's have to go on about it. So, uh, but like, yeah, they did this whole shout out to, to Pleasantville style, where where the shows that are on for a long time. I assume they were making fun of Law and Order. Law and, that was definitely making or fun Grey's of Law Anatomy, and Order. where like you know, it's like everything is cookie cutter, and you get in there and you're out by five, and don't try to add anything special to yeah. what we're doing. Um, and there is for those of you who are fans of television in the '90s. Uh, and the 2000s, uh, a guest appearance in that episode by Dana Delaney, who was in NYPD Blue. She was in a couple of seasons of, maybe one season, of Desperate Housewives. Um, and she plays the lawyer, um, overruled. What was her first what name? What was that show she was in? China something? China. Sun, China. Sunset. Su- su- China. It was, she played a doctor in, like, in some oh, military camp in now. China. Yeah, yeah. She's a good actress. She is. She is. She's fantastic. I love her in her stint in Desperate Housewives. That is my favorite yeah. season 
Um, she is crazy. She is nuts. I was so happy to see her pop up in this. Um, but yeah, I so far this season is great. I love the uh, the Molly Shannon, uh, her character of just wanting to live a normal life. Yeah. And how fame just keeps coming yeah. to her. But no matter what she does. Yeah, no matter what she does. And she's just so genuine and she loves her kids. And uh, I don't know why she doesn't have an Emmy for this show. She's just amazing in it. Do you know how else I live in it is um, Brooke's boyfriend. <gasps> I don't know what I recently saw him in. This is so weird because I saw him in something. And I don't remember what I saw him in. But I saw him and I said, I know him from something. I think he's in that new show, um, the guy from SNL, Pete Davidson. Is he in the new Pete Davidson show? He's in a new show uh, where he... And I can't I can't remember what it is, but he also he's yeah, I'm pulling it up he me. had an an overarching character a, a couple of episode arch character in um, FBI series. You know what? These are going to be two things that I'm pretty sure you didn't see. That I that's what I, I was watching. Scream Six. He's in Scream oh, Six. Yeah, no. And then he's also in She Hulk. Yeah, no, <laughs> none of that. So he gets um, right. But his character in this show yeah. is is quirky and loving and amazing, and I love it. Okay, if I could manifest a boyfriend in real life, I would manifest this guy. He is so, I mean, he is, and it just makes me more angry at Brooke because she treats him like shit and he's such a good guy and he loves her so much. And I'm like, Brooke, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, and he gets, and he gets her and he gives her the space to be her obnoxious yes. self and he just waits for her to come back. Yeah, and then like in the most recent episode, she's like, I want to have sex. And he's like, I'm here for you, baby. And he fucks her. He fucks her real good. <laughs> and in the middle of fucking her, she answers the phone. And there's Cameron. He's like, where are you, girl? Come join me. And she leaves. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, she's a terrible person. But he's, um, I love The him. other thing I that I really so dig about this, uh, and this is the last thing I'll say about this, is that the the whole idea that people in the industry can't see people who aren't when oh they go to God. parties. Hilarious. They the writing on this show is fantastic. Yeah, I'm um, glad they I, wrote all of them before the strike. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, because you know what? It's, Get it's, out, watch the show, because you're not going to have good TV for a while. It's created by two people um, from SNL that are writers on SNL: Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider. I don't, I've never heard those names before, but I just wanted to give them a shout out because I love their show. So what we're going to do, we're not going to check in on this every week. but it, So we're, we're halfway through the season. When it's over, we'll kind of check back yes, in. Yes, watch with us. Went. And then as the, when the season finale, or maybe right before the season finale, we'll talk about it. And then we'll all watch together and how it ends. Yeah. So the other part of entertainment we want to talk about is, is hyper-local, but we like to, to, to give it a shout-out. I mean, I'm sure in other cities there are, there are fringe festivals all throughout the country, all throughout the world. Uh, yes. But Orlando, you can read about some of them in the Orlando Fringe program put together by Watermark. There is a section on page somewhere around 120, a listing of the other Fringe festivals around uh, North America and around the world. Oh, awesome! Um, so the so, but Orlando houses the longest running and the oldest and the old. Well, isn't it the same thing? All, is it? I guess. I think it's <laughs> the longest running and the oldest. Listen, my box of wine is empty, <laughs> so you're going to get a lot of repetitiveness in the last 10, I 12 think minutes. I wasn't asking, you know what's weird is I wasn't asking you to correct you. I was asking to, to like confirm for myself. I'm like, that's the same thing, right? So um, I think it's the largest and the oldest. That is what I was trying to say. Yeah. You said longest. I meant largest. <laughs> it is the largest and longest running in North America. And in America. some circles, they'll call it the gayest. 
and it really is. Yeah. Well, it is because we we make it that way for, for ourselves. But so uh, what a French festival is, for those that don't know, is it's it's a theater festival where people get an opportunity to, to experiment with theater, uh, to, to, to just get out there and get on stage and showcase their talents yes. in, a, in a wide variety of different kind of theatrical presentations. Think of it as a film festival, but instead of watching it on the screen, you watch it on the stage. It is. They also do visual fringe, which is for artists, and the hallways are lined with artwork. Think of it like a fringe festival, but instead of a stage, it's a wall with <laughs> art hung on and it. And then there's kids fringe. Think of it like a regular fringe, <laughs> but tiny little people. <laughs> So anyway, and this the kid fringe taken apart or taken away from this because Lord knows I don't want to give DeSantis any more uh, ammunition. But my favorite thing about fringe is you can do anything on stage. So there is like full on full frontal nudity in some shows. Happy fringe. That is a good And sometimes fringe. there's partial backside nudity. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> you get the nice side ass, sometimes you get a nice side boob, sometimes you get a full on front crotchal shot. Um thanks to you and me or thanks to Fringe, you and I learned about what a merkin is. That is true. In fact, one of the merkin sisters came up to me yesterday and asked me if I knew what a merkin was, and I said, "Yes, because you taught me that several yeah. years so ago." So if you don't know and you're listening, we're not going to tell you. Google it. Google Merkin. Go to, if you're in Orlando, go to the Fringe or Festival go, and yeah. see the Merkin Sisters, part um, two. We also saw a Fringe show that took place in a bathroom, which um, was fantastic. They made yeah. us wear a poncho. This was previous. There's like 15 people that can fit in this bathroom. It was the weirdest, most amazing experimental thing yeah. I've ever seen. If you're listening and you were a part of that show, bring it back. Yeah, we see bring it, it back. We want to see, see, you know... More sissies. Update it. Oh, yeah, it was called it was sissies. It called sissies. So we really liked it. So the Fringe show, I just want to point out, because it's experimental like this, there's a lot of really good shows, and there's a lot of really bad shows. I mean, it's all subjective anyway. And there's so, a lot of shows. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the shows that we mm -hmm. saw, but before we get into talking about them, I just want to say that I appreciate all of the shows. I appreciate everyone's talent that they give. I appreciate that they have the balls to get on stage and show whatever they show and do whatever they do because I'm sitting in the audience. I would love to be on that stage, but I don't have the balls to do it. So I think I really appreciate that. So I want to say that before I say everything else I'm going to say about some of the shows that we saw because it is there. It, it takes a lot to do that, and these festivals are made for this kind of a thing. In fact, a lot of shows, Disenchanted, which is a uh, um, off Broadway show that's traveling the country, got its start at a Fringe festival, and mm -hmm. there's several shows that did. I think Six yeah. got its start at a at a Fringe festival. The Broadway yeah. hit Six. So Phantom of the Opera. So you probably. know you're not going to see like polished, amazing things all the time. Sometimes it's like people workshopping things and trying new things out. So sometimes they sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Les Mis, probably. <laughs> Into well, the woods. Well, Les Miserables. That's true. For sure, last if, year. If your favorite Broadway show didn't start on Fringe, then there's a high likelihood that a parody of that show yeah. has premiered at Fringe. Or, you know, maybe people get involved in Fringe festivals and they they kind of learn their craft doing that. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's fair to say when you do a review of a Fringe show to say, like, oh, this person's voice was weak. But, you know, because it's, it's like that's what they're there to do is to do it and to get better at mm -hmm. it. And to better themselves yeah. in their shows. You know whose voice is weak? 
critics who criticize fringe shows. Yeah, there are some reviews that I've read where people just eviscerate shows. Now, I have a I I have an opinion <laughs> of shows that may not be that that may be harsh, but you can't just sit there and eviscerate people. I just mm-hmm. don't even I don't even understand why that. It's like going to your local elementary school and watching like the kindergarten pageant and being like Sorry, Diana, you had a really shitty singing voice at five years old. It's like, you got to yeah. understand the context that you're watching the show. Right, and sometimes you've got people that are in shows, they, they win the lottery and they get an opportunity to be in a show, and maybe they don't ever get cast in a show, yeah. and this is their opportunity to be on stage, so just let to, them have it. Just to clarify, when you say winning the lottery, the way the oh. shows are picked <laughs> is as a lottery system. It's not if you win the Florida lottery, you get to appear <laughs> at every French. You can buy you your way on any stage when you win that lottery. You could probably you could you win the lottery sometimes if you get like the you know the two billion dollar lottery. You could yeah. probably buy a theater in Broadway and I bet do you a could. Broadway. You know show. what? If I win the lottery, I'm buying a fringe festival. I don't want it seems like a lot of work. I don't want that it kind does. of headache. That sounds exciting. They do a lot of work and so do. good they for them. They put on a great they put on a great festival and I really appreciate yes. it. So let's talk about some of the shows yes. real quick. So we see I've seen a lot of shows already. Yes. You seen, went to a lot more uh this weekend than I did. Um but that's because you uh, continued to live in the house that you're in, and I <laughs> well, decided to change it. Like, my husband's in San Diego doing some, con- photographing some convention, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm just stay in Orlando and just watch a bunch of French shows. Uh, so we saw, so we're just going to run through a couple of them. Yes. We saw a show called White Lotus Orlando. You and I are huge fans now <laughs> of, of White Lotus. White Lotus, the White Lotus on HBO. We both just recently watched both seasons. I like season two more than the first. You like season one more than the second. That is all correct. And, and I stand by my saying, if you had watched season one first, you'd like season and one And I stand by my saying that if you would just listen to me, you would like season <laughs> two better. Um, so um, Joel Swanson, who if, uh, if you're local and you're familiar with any kind of friend shows, he is kind of a local celebrity. He, did, he does the Frog Pig show. Um, which is about puppet has puppets in it. He's hysterical. He's fantastic. He's done a lot of work with Blue and um, uh, Varieties or Blue and Blue La La's group. I'm sorry. I want to just go back a second. That made me snort. We're like, what's that show? Sunset China, China on the China at nighttime. China Beach. China Beach. It ju- as you just, were saying, just texted me, and I was like, <laughs> it just came to me like China Beach. <laughs> um, All right. So yeah, so uh, Joel Swanson put together the White Lotus Orlando, and if you have seen the show, I feel it's hard to say this because I haven't seen this show without seeing the White Lotus, but I feel like it's still a funny show if you haven't seen the White Lotus. But if you've seen White Lotus, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. It's it's there's a lot of inside jokes. There's a lot of if you're from Orlando, there's a lot of inside jokes. And for the first time in the history of going to fringe shows. Watermark's annual Splash Awards got a shout out <laughs> in this show. I think they were talking about Wave Awards, but yeah, we do. Did he say Wave? I think he said Watermark Waves, which is oh. interesting because I was thinking Splashies too, because we do awards for this, which is why we try to see so many of the LGBTQ yes. shows because we do LGBTQ awards for the show that are that are viewer chosen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was super good. I want to give props to um, the Jennifer Coolidge type character because yes. she was so good. She oh like narrated God. the thing kind of and it was, Her it was great. Her impersonation of Jennifer Coolidge. I want to see a fringe show. We talked about this. Next year, a one-woman show of her as Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, I would do it. Talking about Jennifer Coolidge's career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the show was fantastic. Uh, for those who have seen White Lotus, 
the rimming scene is in it, if you know what I mean. Um, it just it's fantastic. It's hilarious. It cracked us up. Um, yeah, you know, I will say I gotta. I just gotta point this out because I've seen several shows, and I think that there's a theme going on. And one of those is every show must have Jennifer Coolidge in it. Yes, and they must have these over the top, flamboyant twink characters that are scantily clad. Yes. And you know, it's kind of. I get it. It's funny, you know, but I just think sometimes it's a little overdone. I do too. And we're gonna get to the show where I think that it's a little too overdone. Yeah. But I just I feel this, like it, it just started here. Show. Yeah, it was a fit for this show. I feel like it fit with the flow of if you've seen White Lotus, the way because they have that uh, the second season with the yeah. gays. As, especially if you've seen White Lotus, I would recommend it. Yeah. So then, right after that, you left, but I stayed, and I'm not going to go over all the shows that I saw necessarily without you. But just real quick, I want to say I stopped, I stayed and watched Bullock and the Bandits at the Renaissance Theater. That is, that's uh, David Lee's show, and it has Eddie Cooper in it, and. Um, Someone else whose name I is, is escaping me, but I just want to say that anytime you see a poster for Bullock and the Bandits, go see it. It's it was it's by far the, my favorite thing that I've seen, and the from the set to the costumes to the band that was on stage, the incredibly talented band, the super talented singer. I there is so much talent oozing in this show. It's incredible. Go see it. Um. It sounds quirky. I mean, it's about ghosts. It's like old, old, what is it? Wild West ghosts singing classic rock songs that sound Western. And it sounds weird. And David Lee does a lot of things sometimes that sound weird to people. I was describing a couple of weeks ago the, the um, play he did about the, the old Russian play that he set to the modern times for Kurt Cobain. Um, but that was also really good. He's just super talented. It's a good show. Uh, another show we saw um, that uh, may be the fringiest show that I have seen so far this year, the Office Funeral Party Musical Extravaganza show, written by Donald Rupe of the Renaissance Theater Company. Um, yeah, th this is uh, an office party funeral. Uh, they all come together yeah, for some, the somebody, funeral. Somebody in their office died. Yeah. And so they all get together for a funeral. And it's a musical extravaganza. It, it's sort of, this is this is the one, the fringiest of the fringe shows. I think this was a pretty fringy show. It's yeah. a pretty fringy show. It, it, fringy means it's got a lot of local humor. Yeah. Um, and it's really campy. Very campy. And there's there. a lot of like Very weird. toilet humor. Uh, and I will say the same thing that I said about my favorite Broadway musical, The Book of Mormon. This is not a show that I would take my mother to see. <laughs> no, I don't mean toilet humor like it's in the it's in the dump. Dick it's and just, fart jokes. Yeah, the, and like like I, I feel like every time there was a joke about coming that the cast made an extra twenty five dollars, <laughs> which is why there were like thirty thousand jokes about coming. I appreciate a filthy, dirty, juvenile joke more a little more than Rick does. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's probably true. I just um I I know I get it. I know why it's there. It gets the laughs. It's funny and 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 so I I think the show was fun. People since really liked it um yeah. a lot. So that's great. It does I do want to say this too. Um the worst thing about fringe that I can say that I've experienced is pretty much the audience. Yes. Yes. If you're listening and you go to fringe shows Please respect the people you're with. Don't wear giant fucking hats. Who does this? There were like so many people wearing cowboy hats, and then they sit down. Take off the hat. Yeah, if you're going to wear a cowboy hat, 
then behave like a gentleman cowboy and take your fucking hat off when you sit down inside. I just so yeah, and 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 also, unless they explicitly ask for somebody in the audience to come on stage and participate. They're the actors. Yeah. Let them do the show. Just watch. You're there to watch. God damn. <laughs> and get off my lawn. <laughs> anyway, really quick before we go, we also saw last night A Bad Romance, which was a cross between um, Lady Gaga music and, and Disney, Disney princesses. princesses. Yeah. Those feel like two camps that gays really fucking love, so check that show out if you love Get Lady Gaga. Um, or if you know somebody in the cast. Or if you know someone it. in the cast. Um, or again, if you're in an audience with a lot of, it's a late night show and there's a lot of yas queen gays in it, then, um, they're going to (laughs) participate. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't do this. There's Uh, a lot of finger snapping this year so far, but the fringe festival is going on through, uh, until Memorial day. If you are local, come out, see There's a show. So, it's so it's so great to see. It doesn't matter if the show is mind blowingly great or not. They're they're all they're all talented. And everything that I have to say about the fringe or the shows, if I say I just want to point out that in every show I've seen, in everyone we've talked about today, the cast is so talented. So t- there's so incredible much ta- voices, so much talent. So uh, go see some shows. Support yes. them. Yes. I agree. And, um, and we'll, we, we'll cover Fringe the next time, yeah, too, because we've got more to see. We're going to record, it's, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, some more Fringe shows. And uh, make sure, if you're in town, come out next Monday to the awards closing ceremony, and we're going to hand out some splashes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we've reached our limit, so uh, we will pre-record next time. But yes. until then. The cork is back in the bottle, or... Cap is back on the box.